the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. Thank you for being with me. To say that we live in strange times is to understate the case. As you well know, there's an article by a very serious man who lives in New York City, loves New York City, and it is about the end of New York City. As vast numbers of people will no longer work there, and many will no longer live there. And I was thinking that one could say that the New York Times killed New York. It will be known, if this man is right, then that will be a fair thing to say. And I will tell you how. Uh, On the issue of defunding of police... By the way, Governor Cuomo in New York State now blames the police for the increase in murder, the vast increase in murder uh, in, in New York City. I, I don't I didn't even, did you follow his logic? I, I couldn't follow his logic. Uh, we, I am part of the group called the Democratic Party that craps on you policemen, that uh, thinks you are systemically racist bullies, essentially pigs, as you're described by Antifa and uh, and uh, others and uh, we want to defund you as I mentioned then the increase uh, takes place uh, we want to put uh, the homeless in hotels in your neighborhoods and we want you to stay uh, but uh, even leftists don't want to live with the results of their policies it's one of the more charming features of the left. We ruin and then we leave. And then we ruin the next place. Like locusts. Like locusts. Yeah, that's a, a, a good analogy. It, it is a plague. Leftism is a plague. And so uh, the New York Times uh, has contributed mightily to the apparent uh, destruction of much of New York City and people as people leave I will read to you from this man who is this man is he is he in the financial industry what, what is it huh yeah. is that... and I am going to uh, c- can you uh, Sean can you take the printed uh, pages and we'll start uh, start playing the uh, Michelle Obama speech which I thought was awful, morally awful, demagogic, destructive. On, on Fox News, they, they, a number of them said it was a wonderful speech. What, what does that mean? What is wonderful? Are the criteria for wonderful speech now that 
that it was delivered well? I, I don't I don't quite understand. Did they did they follow the content? See, you know what it is is a big difference. I read the speeches, and I wish people would read my speeches because my speeches have content. They give examples of any charges that I make. My column this week, I beg you to read my column each week, DennisPrager.com, TownHall.com, and then later in the week, many other places, including the Daily Wire and American Greatness, is about the latest area of life destroyed by the left, and that is the sciences. And I give example after example. Just just to make charges without examples is is uh, generally demagoguery. But uh, New York City, this is a just a, a fascinating, truly a fascinating phenomenon that I don't think uh, people would have predicted. The man's name is James Altucher, A-L-T-U-C-H-E-R. I love New York City. When I first moved to New York City, it was a dream come true. Every corner was like a theater production happening right in front of me. So much personality, so many stories. Every subculture I loved was in NYC. I could play chess all day and night. I could go to comedy clubs. I could start any type of business. I could meet people. I had family, friends, opportunities. No matter what happened to me, NYC was a net I could fall back on and bounce back up. Now, it's completely dead. But NYC always bounces back. Nope, not this time. But NYC is the center of the financial universe. Opportunities will flourish here again. Not this time. NYC has experienced worse. No, it hasn't. A Facebook group formed a few weeks ago that was for people who were planning a move and wanted others to talk to and ask advice from. Within two or three days, it had about 10,000 members. Every day I see more and more posts. I've been in NYC forever, but I guess this time I have to say goodbye. Every single day I see those posts. I've been screenshotting them for my scrapbook. And then he gives the three of the most important reasons to move to NYC. Business opportunities, culture, and food. And of course, friends, he adds. But if everything I say below is even one-tenth of what I think, then there won't be as many opportunities to make friends. And then he goes through business. And then he adds in the middle here, it's a long piece, which I have dutifully read for you. NYC has never been locked down for five months. Not in any pandemic, war, financial crisis, never. In the middle of the polio epidemic, when little kids, including my mother, were becoming paralyzed or dying, my mother ended up with a bad leg. NYC didn't go through this. From the beginning, I said the cure was worse than the disease, as you may recall. I called it the biggest mistake in history, not evil mistake. I was roundly mocked and condemned. And let me ask you, in retrospect, do you really believe this was the right thing to do? 
lockdown down the cities of our country? Make it impossible for people in, ve- in the tens of millions to make a living? Or just print money in order to subsidize them in the trillions of dollars? Monopoly money, uh, ultimately? Do you think it was the right thing? The New- University of North Carolina opened up. Did you see the story? I want you to know I consider it a victory when I cite a story that you didn't see. No, I know. I'm just telling you. I know you saw it. I'm saying to you, I consider it a victory, a personal victory, when I have found a story you didn't. You don't find... Yeah, I know. I don't think you're following my point. It is so rare that I see a story you didn't that I consider it a victory when I find it. Now, if he doesn't understand that now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have him. Uh, I'm going to have him checked with an MRI. All right, back to the show. University of North Carolina. They allowed students to gather, and so hundreds now have the virus. So they're shutting down the school. Why? What if the hundreds who get the virus? are asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic but are not uh, but are not seriously ill do you see folks that there isn't the pattern obvious this will just keep going on until you do what what Sweden has done where nobody is dying and they never shut down a certain number of people will die by the way I consider that to be a, a crime because of the possibilities of hydroxychloroquine and zinc. A lot of these people need not have died. According to, what was Rish's first name? Professor Rish, Dr. Rish of the Yale, uh, Yale University epidemiologist, Harvey Rish. We had him on the show. He said to me on the show, we should definitely get that clip, Sean. Sean McConnell. Yeah, no, 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 I was just making it clear I wasn't talking to another Sean. Uh, there, wherein he said, what, 100,000 would have lived had we, had we followed this protocol. We are living through a farce, an evil farce, a criminal farce. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Hello, everybody. 
I'm Dennis Prager. Good evening to you. I'm going to play some Michelle Obama clips, as we say in the business. You're already done, Sean? Wow. Sean is coming in the studio. He's putting on a mask. As it is, I am behind bulletproof glass. You know what I? You know what this reminds me of? How I'm sitting. I wonder how many of you listening remember the old, really old Colgate toothpaste commercial. Colgate with Gardol. Are you familiar with this? Should look it up, folks. Colgate with Gardol. Gardol was an invisible shield that protected your teeth. And so they showed a man behind a sort of bulletproof shield. I gotta look that up. Wow, that's that's definitely going back. Guard all. That's how I feel I'm behind this guard all shield here. But I, I I use a different toothpaste. It's okay, it's a tasty one. The one I don't use a tasty one, but the Colgate is. This piece on the New York City is something. There's, I believe that at a given time, but it will be, it will take time because the media are responsible for the panic. We should have done what Sweden did. Isolate the vulnerable. And continue life largely in normal. As this author points out, New York City has never done this. You can't shut down for half a year. You can't shut down an economy and not have terrible repercussions. What is a depression? Two, two quarters of recession? Is that What is the uh, definition of a depression? But uh, I think we're headed toward one. So let me continue with the with this man's piece here. New York City has never been locked down. I read this. I'll do it again, this part. It has never been locked down for five months. Not in any pandemic, war, financial crisis, never. In the middle of the polio pandemic, when little kids were becoming paralyzed or dying, New York City didn't go through this. I'm temporarily, although maybe permanently, in South Florida now. I also got my place sight unseen. Robin was looking, I assume that's his wife, Robin was looking at listings around Miami, and then she saw an area we had never been to before. We found three houses we liked. She called the real estate agent. Place number one, just rented that morning 50% higher than the asking price. Place number two, also rented by other New Yorkers. The agent said they came from New York for three hours, saw the place, got it, and went back to pack. Place number three, available. We'll take it. The first time we physically saw it was when we flew down and moved in. They got a place in South Florida, this guy who loves New York, without seeing it just because it was available. 
This is temporary, right? I confirmed with Robin, but I don't know. I'm starting to like the sun a little bit. I mean, when it's behind the shades and when I'm in air conditioning. But let's move on for a second. Summary. Businesses are remote and they aren't returning to the office. And it's a death spiral. The longer offices remain empty, the longer they will remain empty. In 2005, a hedge fund manager was visiting my office and said, in Manhattan, you practically trip over opportunities in the street. Now, the streets are empty. Then he goes to culture. We have no idea when we will open. Nobody has any idea. And the longer we remain closed, the less chance we will ever reopen profitably. He's talking about the comedy club he owns. He owns a comedy club. Once again, the longer we remain closed, the less chance we will ever reopen profitably. The press has freaked people out, scared people, because they're scared and because they're liars. The press is a deceitful form of medium. That's what it is. The vast majority of you know that, part of the reason you listen to talk radio, to hear things that are true. Yep, that's correct. There's far more truth on this program than at the New York Times. It is not even comparable. Right now, Broadway is closed, quote, at least until early 2021, unquote. And then there are supposed to be a series of, quote, rolling dates by which it will reopen. After all, as Andrew Cuomo said, we do all this, and if it saves one life, it was worth it. Because he's a fool. He's a gigantic fool, and he is directly responsible for many dead people because he moved COVID patients into nursing homes. But the press leaves him alone because they lie for a living. Most of the lying, by the way, is by omission. They don't say two and two is five. They just neglect when two and two is four. And that is not according to their agenda. Yes. The series of rolling dates when Broadway will reopen. But is that true? We simply don't know. And what does that mean? And will it have to be only 25% capacity? Broadway shows can't survive with that. Exactly. Exactly. But... To save one life, that's the motto of the left. Simpletons, the simpletons of the left. You have that quote uh, from Cuomo? Do we have that uh, triple? Yeah, no, find it. If you find it within the week, I'll be okay. It's not It's not an emergency find. Is that clear? We should, We have emergency finds. We have... Find it, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. We have a whole series of finds. Then it goes to food. My favorite restaurant is closed for good. Okay, let's go to my second favorite. Closed for good. Third favorite. Closed for good. Yelp estimates that 60% of restaurants around the United States have closed. They are closed entirely because of the lockdown, not the epidemic. 
Okay, y'all. Dennis Prager here. Speak now with Alex Epstein, who has done a number of videos for PragerU. But his major claim to fame, I don't contend that that's his major claim to fame, but it is a claim to fame. We invite the best. He's president of the Center for Industrial Progress and author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, Alex Epstein in California. Alex, have you been uh, quarantined this ha- half year? What have you What have you been doing? Oh, wow. That's a... <laughs> That's a big question. I mean, I, I think I'm more fortunate than average just because I live near the beach. So when the beach wasn't, when the beach was closed, it was particularly annoying for everybody. But right now it's, it's okay for me. I mean, there's no public speaking and there's all kinds of other business that I'm not doing. But I mean, I'm nowhere near the situation that many people are because their productive activity has been outlawed by the government. Astonishing, no? Yeah, that's the whole subject uh, in and of itself. But I, I just really try to be sympathetic and empathetic to people who are just really still not allowed uh, to make a living and are having their risk uh, decisions determined for them by people who do not have very good judgment. Perfectly stated. In fact, perfectly understated. To say that Gavin Newsom doesn't have good judgment is like saying that... Uh, uh, LeBron James knows how to play basketball, <laughs> right? I mean, well, interestingly, Gavin just uh, the best judgment I've seen from him is he just admitted in a press conference that the California blackouts are closely related to the fact that we mandate and prefer unreliable sources of energy, namely solar and wind. So he seems to have just discovered that mandating solar might be a problem between the hours of 3 p.m. and 10 p.m., uh, because the sun ceases to shine. All right. So my producer tells me you have something, uh, if not new, a different approach to approaching uh, the issue of the Green New Deal or the whole subject of uh, green power. Is that correct? Uh, I think that's generally fair. I mean, what I would say is I think what he's referring to is you know, we've got an election coming up. Obviously, everybody knows that. And my specialty is energy. So I decided I want to help candidates and citizens have the best talking points possible on energy, uh, because right now I think we've just got this this flood of misinformation and distortion about energy, environment, and climate issues. And so I wanted to figure out a way to give people the words they need when they need them. So I just created a free website called energytalkingpoints.com. And it has talking points on things like unreliable energy, the Green New Deal, the Joe Biden energy plan, what American energy policy should be, the so-called climate crisis, et cetera, et cetera. So I just hope that people go to that website, energytalkingpoints.com, and particularly share it with any candidates. I think there's a really big opportunity for pro-freedom candidates to, uh, to win in the energy, environment, and climate discussion, but I think they're generally ill-equipped. And, and today's California blackouts are a good example where this is an opportunity for us to explain the benefits of free market energy policies of not outlawing fossil fuels, the, the harms of mandating what I call unreliable solar and wind, but people need the facts and they need succinct ways of explaining them. So that's what I've created. If the Democrats win and enact the Green New Deal, what happens to America? 
I think there are two answers to that, because the Green New Deal is saying that we should get more or less 100 percent of our energy from unreliable sources, namely solar and wind. And that's completely impossible. So it won't happen. So if, if, if the Green New Deal literally happened, like if we literally did that, uh, America would rapidly become a third world country because we couldn't have a functioning grid and we'd have no transportation. So solar and wind have no real solution to transportation, certainly not airplanes and semi-trucks and uh, all sorts of heavy-duty equipment. So if you literally did the idea, yeah, we'd become a third-world country and tens of millions of people would die uh, prematurely, and then America's certainly military power would be undercut and the whole world would uh, be harmed. The rest of the world wouldn't follow our lead, by the way. Uh, they would sort of happily take over different kinds of manufacturing and industry that we do. I think the more likely thing is that it's going to be, you know, the Green New Deal is going to mandate increasing amounts of solar and wind, and that's going to do one of two things. I mean, at the very least, what it's going to do is make energy, particularly electricity, much, much more expensive, because basically when you add unreliable sources of energy to the grid, they don't replace the reliable source of energy because they need basically 100% backup. They just add to the cost. So the more of this infrastructure you add, the higher the cost of electricity. Or the other thing that could happen is they try to add it, but then they try to subtract reliable infrastructure. And this is what's happening in California. We're shutting down nuclear plants. Okay, hold it there, hold it there. This is really, really important. People should memorize this stuff. Alex Epstein, and I will be back in a moment. Okay. Before I return to Alex Epstein, Alex Epstein is uh, one of the most knowledgeable people on energy that I have ever had the uh, opportunity of speaking with. He is the president of the Center for Industrial Progress, author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. I like the fact that he talks in moral terms. That's how I think. All right, we were talking about the catastrophe for America if the Green New Deal is enacted. Continue. Right, so the... I'll, I'll try to be briefer this time. So it's it's either at minimum, it, if it if it's actually enacted the way it was designed, it would just be mass catastrophe and really genocide for America. Uh, the way it could happen in practice, though, it's guaranteed to jack up electricity prices. And if we also shut down reliable capacity, which it also calls for, we're going to have more and more of what we have in California. So California, we have both unnecessarily expensive electricity plus we have unreliability. And that combination is going to happen 10 or 20 times over if we do anything resembling the Green New Deal. The scenario you depict, I believe, is is entirely accurate. And I actually have a question. This is not exactly in the energy sphere. I'm, I'm curious just to probe your fertile mind. Do you believe that the threat, the actual threat, of America becoming a third world country disturbs people on the left? Uh, Certainly not the part of the left that I'm focused on, which is the, you know, you call them environmental fundamentalists. I mean, the really anti-human portion, because if you think about the whole idea of being green in its purest form means minimizing human impact on nature, a third world lifestyle is far closer to that than a first world lifestyle. Really, what a first world lifestyle means is that we've dramatically impacted nature to benefit human life. Something like Venezuela, 
which is, you know, completely regressed to third world country, that they're living a much more natural lifestyle. So I think that the the prosperity of the first world is considered evil by the purists who really think human impact on nature is bad. I, I, I want you to know, I sort of took a gamble asking you this. It's not an energy question as such, but you gave a terrific answer. That, oh, that, thank you. Yes, no, no, you're welcome. Uh, that is exactly what I believe. If you read what they write, they, they regard the human race as a bane on nature. That is why, by the way, I know you're not religious. I am, uh, but uh, this is it is literally the antithesis of the Judeo-Christian worldview, which is that we are here to conquer nature and to use it. And so the, one, the first commandment that, that, the, that God, the creator, gives to humankind. And, uh, you know, you, don't, you can be an atheist and acknowledge we are undoing millennia of an outlook on nature. Yeah, and I think it's important that this is a religion. And so I would think of the, I think of it as the, not the environmental religion, but the anti-human impact religion. And it basically has two tenets. So tenet one is that it's immoral for human beings to impact the rest of nature. And then tenet two is that if we do impact the rest of nature, we're inevitably going to be punished. And so it's like a, it has a hell narrative. If we violate the commandment, thou shalt not impact, then we're going to go to hell on earth. And that's why they keep expecting these catastrophes, even though we keep impacting the planet overall for the better and life gets better and better. They keep thinking, oh, it's got to get worse because we know impact is wrong. Well, what do you answer since, again, where, where do you have these answers for politicians and non-politicians? What is the name of that website? Oh, energytalkingpoints.com. It's up at, uh, and I just got word, it's up at DennisPrager.com in case people don't remember. Great. Energytalkingpoints.com. So here's a question for you. Why do they oppose nuclear power? Yeah, that's a a great question. And it it makes no sense if the concern is actually that rising CO2 levels are causing an unmanageable climate catastrophe for human beings. Uh, But if you view it as really they're trying to stop all human impact on nature, they find nuclear energy to be a particularly offensive impact on nature because it's changing nature on a very fundamental level. It's splitting the atom, and in terms of the waste products, it's creating a new kinds of materials that are considered unnatural. So even though, though those are very easy to handle and we don't really have any safety problems with them, it's just considered morally wrong. Uh, but then they always have this narrative that, well, if we do the wrong thing, it's going to be a catastrophe. So this, this view that splitting the atom is wrong has been supplemented with all of this hysteria about nuclear is dangerous, even though nuclear is the safest form of energy ever created. So it's it's the religion, the anti-human impact religion, and that always goes along with this pseudoscientific propaganda that says if we don't follow the religion, we're all going to go to hell. Yes, right. Uh, I have depicted the left as a cult now for a couple of months. Some It was someone else's... I've said it's a religion my whole life, but cult... Uh, is is uh, is closer. Well, we're going to have a different world then if the Democrats win. You should read anything Alex Epstein writes. You should watch his videos at PragerU and go to this website. Alex, it's a it's a delight to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me on, Dennis. The Dennis Prager Show. The- 
Dennis has a hard time saying this, but I, the living martyr, do not. I don't because I know how valuable this is. For a donation of $25,000, you can have a one-hour Zoom session with Dennis. Invite as many family members and friends as you want. Or, when this craziness ends, you can have a lunch or cigar with Dennis in person. Call 833-PRAGERU, 833-772-4378, or go to PragerU.com. If you give $25, we're also deeply, deeply appreciative. But we're doing important work. Country is at stake. And we bring people like Alex Epstein. Epstein. Watch his videos. All righty, everybody. Charlie in Woodland Hills, California. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Um... I'm I'm wondering if if the the recent spate of lies by the president has is at all influenced you in any way about maybe shifting your allegiance. My allegiance is to defeating that which will ruin America, the left. I I am not uh, I have no allegiance to the president as an individual. I have well, allegiance. You are not bothered by all the lies. That is, that uh, well, give, no, no, no. Well, I'm one. bothered by your charging him with all these lies. Give me. Oh, give really? Me, yes. Give me some examples. Well, let's start with uh, uh, saying that pre- uh, pre- President Obama wasn't a naturalized citizen. Okay. First of all, that, was that okay. not a lie? Do you, do, you, do you claim that's not a lie? I believe that he was a naturalized citizen. That's before yes, he okay, was president. So then, I don't consider it. No, I don't consider it a lie. He asked for a birth certificate. I thought I never commented once on that whole issue. I didn't think it was worthy even of an issue. Had I been his advisor, I would have said shut up. However, the lack of a forthcoming honesty on the part of President Obama in supplying a birth certificate is also worthy of condemnation. What's your next lie? Well, uh, let's look at the pandemic. Yes. It's a hoax. It'll be gone by he did, April he, did he, he did not say it was a hoax. Oh, he didn't. No, he said that the reaction to it was a hoax. And I consider it worse than a hoax. I consider it a crime against you. By April 12th. Okay, did you, do, you, do you want to take uh, uh, Dr. Fauci's comments from the beginning when it was nothing to worry about and it wasn't transmitted from human to human? Why don't you call Dr. Fauci a liar? Because you hate the president. Well, uh, I, 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 along with along with, I would say at least half this country. You're yeah, right, and it's it, yes, I'm sure it is. And you hate the president more than you hate the left, so you have a broken moral compass, in my opinion. Dennis. Yep. I've I've said it before to my friends. I'll say it again. You are the devil with a Bible in his hands. Wow. Because I support the president and think that the left is ruining the country for which I supply evidence every day. Look, those calls are important. I'm the devil with the Bible in his hands. Hmm. Tell that to the people who now talk to their parents because they've listened to my show or the couples that I've brought together.
Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take Relief Factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain in your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.